Hey everybody, Robert and I are back with the Holdcast. As always, Jack Grimsey here for 7500tohold.com. And coming off that loss against Stoke City, went into the international break, tried to forget about it, but still kind of rearing its ugly head as Phil are all the way down at the wrong end of the table, Robert. I did a wonderful job of not thinking about Aston Villa very much during the international break, and it means that I am more refreshed than ever for today's Holdcast. Yeah, I, I got off to a good start. I went golfing instead of actually watching that Stoke debacle. And uh, I know you had even forgotten who we'd played. <laughs> you aren't supposed to say that. I'm the manager of a successful Villa website. I don't forget shit like that. Uh, yeah, it was so ugly, though. Yeah, it was. I, I had totally put it out of mind. I could not this morning when Jack and I were first talking pull who the hell we had played. Um and I think that's a good sign because, like we were talking about, that match was horrific. Yeah, and really it doesn't matter who we played because we've just been losing to everyone. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's, you know, another another loss, another terrible effort. Five at the back or yeah, three five, at the back with two wing at the back and leaving Carlos Heel and Jack Grealish on the bench from the start. I think that was that was just the recipe for failure. Yeah, absolutely. It was it was some pretty poor decision making there. Um the three at the back did not work very well. Um it was disorganized, it had its issues, it it was just sort of ugly. Um the wing backs were if I remember right, they were feeling they were pretty unsupported, but it just didn't work. Although I'm more okay with that kind of experimentation and finding out it doesn't work than doing the same thing, I suppose. Yeah, I don't really have a problem with experimenting. I guess you learned that Crespo is not very good. Yeah. For one, We already knew Lescott's not very good, but Sherwood still likes him. And now Kieran Clark's actually going to be out for the next match. But I mean, there's, there's really nothing you can do about that. It just Luckily, I was writing about it for my tactical preview that's coming out today, is that Clark's going to be out, which means you can't really go back to that five at the back. Yeah, exactly. Um, It just, I don't mind experimentation, but experiment when you say play Chelsea, because that's a match that you're supposed to lose. Don't experiment when you play Stoke. Use the best thing you've done thus far this season. Stoke that part. Yeah, they had one win all season against Burnmouth. They were a team who aren't great uh, and are a team that Villa should beat at home. So do something that you know will work, and Villa just didn't do that. And that's where I had problems with it. Yeah, that's that's one thing I've had problems with is Sherwood. He's trying these different things, but he says he still doesn't know his best 11. We've got some ideas for him. It probably involves Carlos Hill and Jack Relish. Yeah, and maybe using Jordan Vera too because he hasn't he played last time. He didn't really he hasn't really got a run with this team and I don't know if you saw, I think it was on the Birmingham Mail. It was uh, all the transfers over the summer. And it was if Sherwood or if his assistant had went in for the guys. And a lot of them were Sherwood like Justed. But Veratu was was from the, uh, who was it, the transfer director? or Yeah, Riley. The, yeah, the, Riley. Uh, the recruitment manager, I think is what we're calling him. Um, but yeah, it's, it's you know, use Veratu. Use Ayu as a second striker like you did in the second half against Birmingham City where he played one of the best halves we've seen this season. Don't use Julian Lescott, who's a steaming pile of turd. Yeah, on a good day, really. And Ayu, over the international break, had a, had a good assist against Canada. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. 
Uh, it just use some of these players. You may not have some idea who your best 11 are, but you're getting a good idea who are not in your best 11, and nevertheless, they keep getting used. That's pretty irritating. I mean, to, to be fair, I don't really have a huge problem with playing Rudy just out against a team like Stoke, who are going to be big at the back and, you know, good in the air, and I don't know, maybe maybe he can come up with something, but there was just no room for creativity when you went with five at the back. Yeah, absolutely. Again, it's not that playing just dead is bad. It's that playing just dead as your only option is bad. Yeah, and and for him to be the main man in that team, it's he's not Benteke. Mm-hmm. Exactly. He needs some support. He needs an Ayu. He needs, I don't know, a Lieber Kozak. Yeah, exactly. Someone, someone else who can help kind of shoulder some of that burden. Yep. Absolutely. And, and so it's not a problem with experimentation. It's a problem with using the same wrong pieces over and over again. Yeah, and an, another excuse that Sherwood's come up with, and it's, again, another excuse that would have been maybe valid in September, but we're midway through October. It's, he says that the team isn't fit. Yeah. Um, and if the team isn't fit at that point, whose fault is that is a problem? Um, yeah. that you just you just sort of have to figure out why are they not fit? What are you doing that's making them not fit? We don't have tons of injuries like we have in years past. No, not at all. It's, you know, Gary Gardner's out long-term and Yorisikor also long-term, but they're actually getting back to fitness, and, I mean, I think we'll probably see them in this part of the season, at least before January at the latest. But, you know, uh, Clark's going to be out, and uh, Gabby has a knock, but... And Adama's a doubt, but you know it's it's really not that bad. And over the international break, nobody picked up an injury. Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, we'll take what we can get. Uh, I, yeah, I heard and- Brad Guzan's ego got bruised a little bit by the U.S. losing to Mexico, but yeah. But then again, they shouldn't have give away a really stupid set piece. <laughs> yeah, the U.S. team is not all that good. No, they're, they're really not. So Brad Guzan should feel right at home every time he's playing in the net for them. Yeah, but on the plus side, the rumors of Klinsman to Villa are kind of going away. <laughs> Thank God. Um, at this point, Klinsman is just an absolute mess, and the idea of him replacing Sherwood makes me sad. So thank God that's gone. It would add to the Villa, the Villa managerial circus that's been going on. <laughs> that's, I mean, yeah, absolutely, but... I. You know, if we're talking managerial rumors, we've got the one that's been swirling around this past week is that Sherwood has two matches to prove himself before Villa pulled the trigger on him. Do you buy that he only has two matches left? Oh, well, who's after Chelsea? After Chelsea, it is Everton, maybe. Because I think it's it's really hard to... I mean, I guess you can look at the performances. If you you look at the team and they just, like, totally flat against Chelsea, you can say, well... You're Chelsea out, and but... Swansea. Yeah, Everton is not for a while. My bad. So uh, Chelsea this weekend, Swansea the next weekend, and then the League Cup match against or at Southampton. Swansea um, at home is big because the, yeah. the League Cup against Southampton, it'd be nice to win, but again, just like the Cup run we had last year, it doesn't really matter in the scheme of things. No, absolutely. So I, do you judge Tim Sherwood based on Chelsea and Swansea at home? I think the only thing you can judge him on is to see if he's changed. And yeah. Just changed from earlier this season, changed if, I don't know, 
you could just get floored by Chelsea in the first half, just things go against you and you're down 3-0. But if he makes good subs and, I don't know, you lose 3-2 or something, it's, that's harsh. But, yeah, again, again, when you only have picked up one win and one draw, and that draw was against Sunderland, who haven't even won a match. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, I don't know, I... I it seems a little harsh to give him two matches, but then at the same time, it's not really giving him two matches. It's giving him ten matches over the yeah, year. exactly, exactly. And I thought with the with the way the team finished on the stretch last year that he deserved another full season, but it's just been such a poor start. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, I get the calls to let him stick around till December. I mean, I really do because Villa have just had this string of managers, and there's no consistency, and that's an issue. But the problem is we've had a string of managers because we've had a string of bad fits, a string of managers who don't work with the club. And the, th- the thing is, if you're going to get someone in, generally you'd like to get them in maybe halfway through November or at the beginning of December so they would have the transfer period to work with. But after the money we spent this summer, I don't know how much a new manager is going to get. Yeah, I mean, the good news is the net spend over the summer was not that much. Um, yeah, but again, a lot, of, a lot of the players are new and you can't just – you couldn't just sell Ayu or sell Rudy Justed in, in January if you wanted to, I, I think, you know. I mean, I think you probably could. If, if, you, if you determined that one of the big-name players from this summer was surplus to your needs as a new manager, I think you could maybe get away with selling one of them. I, just, I thought there was a rule about playing for three clubs in less than a year. Is there? I don't know. Um, but. I, thought, I thought you could sell someone that quickly. I could be wrong. Um, God, the intricacies of the transfer rules are what really get me. Um, you no, should be able to sell. Regardless, I don't, I don't think he's going to have $30 million to spend. Yeah, no, I don't think so either. Um, but I think there is something to be said, and I wrote about this a couple of weeks ago, that you know, if you do want to get rid of Sherwood, I think there are a couple of logical times. There was this past week, which obviously didn't happen. There's about a month from now when we're in the November break um, where you have a chance to say, okay, we've got a couple of weeks you can come in, get used to the club, and then have a few matches. And then there's, you know, sometime in December. If you do it much after that, you're doing it in the middle of the transfer window and causing a lot of problems. Yeah, most definitely. I think I think it's fair to say. And I think this international break, if you were going to get rid of him now, I think it was a little bit too soon. I think he has he has bought himself some time and should have some loyalty from the uppers at Villa. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. And and the upside to Sherwood right now is he has yet to get blown out of the water this season. I mean, yeah, it feels like that's it a few times. The but, goal difference is only minus five. Yeah, absolutely. And that's not good, but it's certainly not terrible. I think all of our losses have been by one goal. Yeah, well, well I think we had a 2 no, but... Oh, yeah. Yeah, so, it was, I mean, I mean it's, it's just... It's just frustrating that he can't get it going, really, because he had the magic touch last year. Yeah, um, and we started to see that fade at the end of the season last year. Um, yeah, we but, did. I mean, Southampton's a really good team, and then Arsenal in the Cup. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, every match has been by one goal against us this year. Uh, 1-0 against Stoke, 3-2 oh, yeah, Liverpool, 1-0... Uh, West Brom, 3-2 Leicester. 3-2 sucks. Way to lose a match. Two yeah, had, Palace had, and Sherwood, had Sherwood beaten Leicester, I don't know how much talk there is of him getting sacked because, I don't know, maybe they have the confidence and get a point against Stoke. Yeah. 
and then you're sitting on eight, and that's the same as what Chelsea have, so it's not really a, too big of a cause for concern. And you'd be ahead of Chelsea on goal differential. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, part of the rumors around Sherwood's job over the break have been possible replacements. Brendan Rodgers is out at Liverpool, so he's back on the market. Uh, yeah, they, think they I, decided to make the change in this international break. Yeah, and for them, I think that makes some sense, especially if Jurgen Klopp was available. I think he's a better option for Liverpool right now. Yeah, they've de- they've definitely been eyeing Klopp for a while. He said he wanted to take some time off. I guess he was just itching to get back. Yeah, absolutely. So I think he makes some sense. I, I'm not quite sure why he went there. I'm not sure Liverpool makes sense for him. But he certainly makes sense for Liverpool. Um, and yeah, if I, he was I know there, he's, wanted, he's wanted to manage in England for a while, but yeah, it's been interesting to him. But yeah, I would I would have expected him to sit the year out. Yeah, uh, I'll be really intrigued to see what he can do. But because of that, it means Brendan Rodgers is available. Would you want Brendan uh, at Villa? Mm, I would say no, just because he had threatened to quit Liverpool if they didn't sign Joe Allen. And mm-hmm. that's, I don't know if he's loyal to a fault to his former players from Swansea, but I don't know. He's The thing is, uh, it's not going to be that he's better than Sherwood. I don't know if he'll, he'll fit this team better, mm-hmm. if he's a better fit. I'm sure he would like someone like Ashley Westwood. Like He would probably become the centerpiece of his side, but... I'm not sure if Villa, if Villa squad is really the best fit for someone like Rodgers. Yeah, absolutely. I could see Rodgers being someone who would grow the club well and who could bring a measure of stability. Um, and I guess there is the argument that, you know, there's no point in planning for a long-term manager because really the shelf life of a manager is three years. So if I look at it in that light, I'm actually okay with Rodgers because I think he could be a decent manager for the next two or three years. Um, I don't think he's the type of manager to bring Villa forward much beyond, say, finishing 10th regularly. But at this point, I would take finishing 10th regularly. Yeah, does he need to be? I think that's that's one of the questions you have to address when you're looking at a new manager is what do you need him to do? And really, again, this year it just comes down to surviving. Yeah, absolutely. Um, a little early to just bunker in and say, all right, well, we have to survive, but the way it started... Would you be okay with the lack of ambition, as a lot of people would call it, if we could sign a manager and guarantee three 11th place finishes in a row? No. You wouldn't be okay with three 11th place finishes? Oh, no, no, I would. I would, sorry. Yeah, I, I would be totally – I mean, and that, if you're a big club like Villa and all the jazz that a lot of our supporters will say, you know, that's not good, finishing 11th three times in a row. But given what's happened over the past half decade, if you could guarantee me three 11th place finishes in a row, I would take that stability in a heartbeat right now. Yeah, you'd be crazy not to take it, I think. Yeah, um, because that's the kind of thing where you could sort of start building up for a push further up the table. Um, it's not top half, but it's certainly not bite your fingernails every April. No, but you're growing the squad, and every year you'll be able to decide – which players are still improving the team and which players you can get rid of, like Julian Muscott. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know. With with Rodgers, and we had it in a piece on our site saying if we were in the championship trying to come up and stay around, I think Rodgers would be a great choice. Yeah. Um, but then I, again, I don't think Sherwood would be the worst choice either if you are if you have a year in the championship to come up. The thing with Sherwood is just you can't learn on the job at Villa in the Premier League. Yeah, that's true, and that's what it seems to be like he's doing. I do still sort of feel like Sherwood that once it clicks for him, he's going to be a, a 
above average manager. And so I keep kind of hoping that it'll just click suddenly. Yeah, like like it seemed to last April or so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but so you're not all that sold on Rogers. I'm sort of iffy on Rogers. The other name that we've been hearing a lot is David Moyes, uh, which seems kind of crazy given the fact that he has a managerial job now at Real yeah. Sociedad. I I think Moyes is a a little bit better option than Rogers. It's not a home run in my book either, but I just don't see it happening because. Villa are going to have to buy out Sherwood to get rid of him, and then they're going to have to buy out Moyes from Sociedad. And yep, I, mean, I would like, agree. I, I think I, yeah, be there if you really wanted to do it, but why? Yeah, I like the idea of Moyes. Actually, he's got proven success, perhaps not in winning silverware, perhaps not in doing great. He's got proven success in doing exactly what I was just talking about, though, getting a team mid-table. Yeah, um, winning the seventh place trophy. Yeah, exactly. And keeping a that's, team in that mid table region, I'd take that right now. Um, he took Everton to the Champions League on a pauper's budget and I mean he he had him hovering around sixth around there. Yeah, absolutely. So he's the kind of person that I think could really help Villa right now, but for exactly the reasons you say, the fact that we'd have to buy out Sherwood and buy out his contract at Sociedad, I don't think there's any reason to really talk about him. I don't see Villa spending that kind of money for someone. No, no, and neither do I. And, I mean, there's there's a few other other options, of course, but none that have been linked as highly as those two. No. And at this point, it's sort of pointless to talk about a lot of the options because Sherwood still has a job. Yeah, and honestly, I thought more options would have been talked about by a lot of different media outlets over the international break because that's usually when they come out of the woodwork with rumor this or that, you know? Yep, absolutely. And I think the fact that we haven't seen a lot of options talked about is a sign that there's very little there. So we just gave it 15 minutes or 10 minutes or whatever, and I think that's about all it deserves because it's kind of a moot point until Villa get rid of Sherwood, and I'm not sure they're going to. So. And Rogers really only emerged because he lost his job recently. Remember that? Yeah, Absolutely. Um, no, I think yeah, I think if there was a lot of murmuring around the higher ups at Villa, you definitely would know about it. And Sherwood, I mean, he knows he's on the hot seat, but yeah. is there any real danger of him being replaced at least in the next month? Maybe. Yeah, but I, only yeah. only if it gets, I think, worse than it is now, or stays the same. Yeah, Mark, if he can pull a win in his next two matches, I think he buys himself at least a month. Excuse me. Just um, wait. You mean one one win out of two? Yeah, one win out of the next I two. Think I think so. would buy him a month. Yeah, I was gonna say. I think if he has if he has two wins, it's buying him at least till January. Oh God, yes. Um, if he just can win the, the next stretch two, is really tough. Yeah, if he can win the next two, that would almost likely put us above Chelsea in the table. Which you can't get fired if you're above Chelsea, right? Basically. I mean, that's them's just the rules. We don't make them. We uh, just espouse them. So Chelsea this weekend. Um, yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be a tough little run there because no matter how bad Chelsea look, they're still Chelsea. Yeah, we always we always think that, but if if I recall, we've actually played Chelsea pretty well lately. Yeah, um, we have. I mean, we lost by one goal the last time we played them two years ago. We had the amazing face from Mourinho as he, as he got red carded. Um, 
God, just absolutely wonderful. We haven't yeah, the, played terribly the, against them. That was in 2011. That was on the on the Villa site. It was a they had a picture of Kieran Clark who scored, and he looked so young. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, I mean, he he was pretty young, but I think just being at Villa has just aged. <laughs> how many relegations? Yeah, how many relegation battles can you fight before your hair falls out? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I think this Chelsea match is going to be an interesting one. This uh, That Chelsea team has looked like hot garbage this year. They really have, and it's it started from defense with them. They've conceded 17 goals. Yeah, and the, you know, that's the kind of thing that's the kind of thing that gives you hope that maybe Villa can actually pull something out this weekend. Yeah, the teams that have con- conceded as many or more goals are Sunderland and Newcastle, and they're even below Villa. Chelsea only in 16. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, Villa have actually conceded 13 goals, which isn't great, but compared to 17, it feels wonderful. Um, yeah, it's considerably less. Yeah, and Chelsea's goals scored of 12. You know, Villa have only scored eight, which is pitiful, but 12 is not really all that great either. Yeah, um, I mean, they, they've scored enough that they should have they should have won more, but, you know, against against Swansea opening day, they concede two. And then, I mean, they, they got killed by Man City, who were just hot then. But the matches that I look at is, is like West Brom. That showed signs of how they could be beaten, even though they ended up winning that game. And, mm-hmm. and then recently, they, they lost again. Yeah, absolutely. Um, losses for them coming against Man City are totally acceptable. Against Crystal Palace, that's pretty bad. Um, I mean, I know Crystal Palace are in fourth and everything, but Chelsea should not be losing to Crystal Palace at home. Um, 3-1 against Everton at Everton, okay, I guess. And the tough one for me to swallow is Chelsea losing at home 1-3 against Southampton. That's... Yeah, yeah uh, like that. like the Everton is kind of weird. I mean, and Palace, you think, I mean, you think Palace, if you're playing at Sellers Park, it's obviously a difficult environment, but, and then going, going back to Man City, you think Mourinho is probably playing for a draw there. Yeah. It's, you know, and they got bombarded 3 nothing. Yeah. Um, that's it. It being a Jose Mourinho team, it being Chelsea, would it shock you if they turned it on and won 10 on the trot? No, it wouldn't, and it wouldn't score me if they put in 7 against Villa because we've also seen that happen. Yeah, this is, this is to me, actually, maybe the hardest game of the year to, or the hardest match of the year to predict because you know it's Chelsea and you know – Especially this season, if you're having trouble, the team you really want to play are Aston Villa. Yeah, exactly. And and it's tricky just because of coming out of the international break. I mean, Chelsea obviously had a lot more players involved than Villa, but... <laughs> yeah, I mean, but, I mean, we bought Brendan Rodgers at least a week. We, we just maybe saved Stoke season. We're the kind of team that comes in, if you've got a fire, we'll put it out for you at our own expense. Uh, but that's it. This Chelsea team is legitimately not that great this year, or at least they've not been playing that well. No, they. I mean, they retained most of the pieces from the title-winning squad. I mean, they they added Pedro, who's excellent. Mm-hmm. And but I think they really needed to add a center back. And when John Stones was unable to be signed, I think that really hurt them. And John Terry getting older, it's very apparent. Mm-hmm. Um, and Branislav Ivanovic is going to be out for this game. I think they're going to use Kurt Zuma, though, because they are reluctant to use Abdul Baba Rahman for some reason. They just bought him for $21 million. They won't use him. 
yeah, I mean, well, that shows you where the priorities are. If, if Villa were to buy a player for $21 million and he wasn't on the pitch every minute of every match, people would riot. Yeah. Um, and at Chelsea, you can afford to stash that kind of person away. That's like what um, they did with uh, Felipe Luis. Yeah, exactly. It's... Do you put any stock in what Fabio Capello said about Jose Mourinho, that he burns out his players? I think I do a little bit, just because... I. We've seen it happen with Mourinho at Madrid before. Mm-hmm. And obviously, the first stint at Chelsea. I think he's he's got to be a really tough manager to play for. Yeah, absolutely. I totally think so. Um, I Just mean, because he demands so much. Yeah, absolutely. And and I'm not even trying to find fault here, but everything that happened with Dr. Carnero uh, this year really just shows that he's a tough guy to work with. And maybe that's okay. Maybe it's because of the fact that he's tough to work with that he gets results in those first few years. But maybe there's a short shelf life on how long people can take that. Yeah, and especially retaining the core of that squad. And, I mean, granted, you have injuries like um, uh, Thibaut Courtois is out. That really hurts. Mm-hmm. But Especially but, after losing Czech. Yes, yes, selling Czech and... I mean, they do have Begovic, who is great, but mm-hmm. still still worrisome to have the backup in there. Yeah, absolutely. And so, I mean, they've had their issues, but I do wonder if it comes down to Mourinho. And he probably wasn't the first person to point this out, but I thought the person who did it best was Mike Goodman over at Grantland, wrote something about um, Mourinho tends to burn out in that third year, and his teams tend to flame out in the third year under the management with him, and it's happening yet again. Yeah, I, I agree. I think it's something more more off the pitch because obviously the players are more than capable. Yeah. How long do you think it is before Chelsea should be legitimately worried? I mean, they're worried now, but I still say they probably end up in a Champions League spot. I think, yeah, it's right now for them it's just the race for fourth. Yeah. And Or if they could accomplish that by winning the Champions League, which is unlikely, but I think as long as – as long as they're performing in the Champions League and slowly climbing up the table, I don't think there's too much of a worry. Yeah. Um, how long and do you think Mourinho it is before was... Mourinho is sacked? Yeah, I was going to say, he's not going to lose his job if they if they miss the Champions League. But if they miss the Europa League, too, just... I mean, not that they care about the Europa League, but it would just be an embarrassment to finish that far down the table. You don't think that Mourinho would lose his job if they miss the Champions League? No. Oh, God. I think he's gone in a if, heartbeat if they if, miss the Champions League. If they get to the semifinal of the Champions League. Even then. I think I think the issue would be I don't even think he's around to be fired if they miss no. the Champions League. Because if it gets to a point where it looks like they might miss the Champions League, I think he's gone. Maybe. I mean, I, that, that they did do a, the replacement with AVB to Di Matteo when they were – doing pretty poorly in the league. And they were yeah. only able to salvage Champions League football for the next year by winning the competition. You're right. but Yeah. I, I yeah. honestly don't if, – if he missed the Champions League, I think he would be gone. That is, if he's even still around at that point. And I think he'd be gone before then. I'd, yeah. I don't think they put up with that kind of performance. I think he needs to turn it around before January, probably. Yeah, they, I mean, they, they have to be – well into the top half by January, I think. Otherwise, honestly, he might just quit. Yeah, no, that's the other thing is, I mean, he's such a petulant so-and-so that, you know, he might just totally quit. And granted, he is better than 16th, and he is, he is better than that. He's 
I think he's still the best manager in the league, but it's just starting to go wrong for him for whatever reason. Maybe yep. a number of reasons. I wonder if teams should start signing him on a two-year contract. Two years, thank you. We'll take the title that you get us in year two and then send you yeah. on your way. Yeah, I don't know, but because when he came back to Chelsea, it, was, it just seemed like he wanted to be there for a while. Yeah, absolutely, but he he's not going to be if this keeps up. It's been a rough year. I could see them finishing sort of like United did under Moyes in that 7th or 8th place spot this year. And, you know, there's no way that's acceptable. No, it's it's not. But I, I just didn't... I just didn't know if they were replacing just because of what he has done for them in the past. Yeah. I, I think Chelsea is a club with a very short memory. It's, oh, it's you know, definitely a what have you done for me lately, but... Yeah. Um, on paper, they should be one of the top ten clubs in Europe. Not oh, yeah, just I think, England. I think on paper they are. It's just this has been a ridiculously bad start. Yeah, absolutely. Um so with that in mind, are you more or less confident of Villa? It actually makes me less confident because you know they, they have to break the duck somehow. They have to turn it around. Yep, absolutely, because they're not as bad as they look, and, and they just need a win somewhere to flip that around. And as much as losses at home to Crystal Palace and Southampton seem not all that great, both of those clubs are significantly better than Villa have been this season. Oh, undoubtedly, both of them have beaten Villa. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, both but. of those both of those are clubs who should trounce or who should get beaten by Chelsea, but on the same time are, you know, on a level at least above Villa. So losing to Villa would be something else entirely for Chelsea. Yeah, and Villa the most losses in the league, only Sunderland and Newcastle below us, obviously, but they've only lost five. They've managed three draws each. Yeah, absolutely. It's like watching Pulis ball. Yeah, um, just just draw all of the matches ever. Um, I mean, if thirty eight points a year, that will keep you up. Yeah, exactly. Or it seems so recently. I mean, I know the line is forty, but thirty eight seems to work lately. Um, so you're not feeling all that confident in heading into Saturday. What's a good result in your book? I I think a draw is a great result. Yep. Just I, I mean, too. you got to start picking up points. Obviously, it's better to get three but if you can get one to show for your efforts on the road on the road almost anywhere it draws a good result yeah i totally at agree at least 60 percent of the time but you know if, if the you real can... problem right now is the fact there's already a gap between 18th and 17th there is a four point gap like yeah i mean you can't expect to be shooting up the table at least at this point but if I mean, if you're plugging away, getting results here and there, you're you're slowly going to start the climb. And once we get through this terrible stretch, there's going to be points. Yeah, um, I guess I guess the issue is, you know, at this point, if Villa were to somehow miraculously win ten to nothing, we would still be in the relegation zone no matter what else happens this weekend. That would be incredible. <laughs> just totally just, just from a statistical standpoint. Nuke Chelsea and be in the relegation zone. Yeah, but you would get the goal difference back to plus five, and that's going to go along. <laughs> Your relegation zone team with the plus five differential. But, I mean, that's that's worrisome. Villa must start getting points sometime soon because we need to be in a position where a win can get us out of the drop zone. Yeah, and you, you look at you look at the stretches coming up, and you have Swansea, you have Everton, and, and Watford, and, and then you have matches like Spurs. But really, if, if you're not winning those against Watford, I mean, I think if, if Sherwood loses to Watford, I guess, to go back to that, I think that's got to be it. 
Yeah, I think so. That that might be his whole city this year. Yeah. Um, yeah, you've got to start picking up a win somewhere. Uh, we're getting perilously close to the point where BBC, uh, their table, shows the form for the last 10 games. We're getting to the point where we're perilously close to having no green dots. Yeah, that's it's not <laughs> far away. A little worrisome. Three three more non-wins, and suddenly our little green dot disappears, and that would be very sad. Um, not doing predictions of wins or losses. You can take your over two and a half. Yeah, I think I think you've got to just simply because Chelsea could do it themselves. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I've got nothing else for this match really. I'm I'm a little terrified of it only because. I, normally, if Villa hadn't been the slump buster for the league this year, I think I'd be really excited because this is a chance to beat Chelsea. But the fact that we've played that role as slump buster all season has me really worried. Yeah, really the problem for me is that we still can't string two good halves together. Yep. So regardless, if we come out and pummel them in the first half, somehow find ourselves up even 1 or 2 nil what's Sherwood going to say in the dressing room because every time it just seems like it's soured. Okay, lads, good job. Take a break for the next 45. <laughs> All right, it's still nil-nil, okay? Play hard. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it has me worried, but not quite as down as I was two weeks ago. I think Villa could still turn this around. No, the international break was good for us. I think it was good for the players as well. Just get that result out of your head, focus on Chelsea, and, I don't know, try to come away with something. Yeah, a point would be fantastic. A win would be it would, you know, to the moon. I'd be so happy. Yeah, that would it would really. I think for sure would it would at least start to save his job. Which yep, he, at least he's going to have the chance to. It seems like. Yep, absolutely agreed. That's all I've got for Chelsea, though. Yeah, I think <laughs> for- I think that's that's really all we've got for this week. Of course, we'll be back next week reviewing that Chelsea match and looking ahead to Swansea. And you can listen to us always on iTunes, Stitcher, Blog Talk Radio. Watch us on YouTube. And remember, we're in the running for the Football Blog Awards. You want to talk about that a little bit, Robert? Yeah, absolutely. We, uh, we've we been nominated for the Best Club Blog in the Football Blog Awards, which is uh, pretty cool in my book. I'm kind of excited about that. If you want to vote for us, it's at the bottom of all of our stories for the rest of the month. You can find the link there. Or you can simply tweet about it, and let me find the exact wording, because they're very particular about this wording. This is on the bottom of our pages as well. Um, But the tweet is, I'm voting in at the FBAs for at 7500 to Holt as the best football hashtag club blog. Yeah, we're in the the club category, so... Yeah, absolutely. I'm not going to repeat that, because y'all can just look online and find it. It's, It's at the bottom of this page. It's right there. Um, but if if you've liked what we've done, if you if you like that, we would really appreciate your vote. Um, we promise not to be, do too much baking. We're not going to spam you with it. We're just putting a nice little notice at the bottom of our articles this month. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much that. If you can give us a vote and you've got the time, we'd really appreciate it. Yeah. So if you're going to do that, thanks. If not, well, at least you're still watching and reading. So <laughs> thank you for that. I was wondering um, where you were going with that. Yeah. And if but, you have the chance, since we're asking you for things, if you have the chance, please leave us a review on iTunes as well. I was going to say, I think Robert would like an iTunes review more. <laughs> yeah. I, you know, at this point, I feel like those are even more helpful. Um, it's nice to actually have some there. It's nice that our, our little, our adorable little podcast has itself a rating. Yeah. On iTunes. So really, really appreciate those. And 
as always, we'll have all the match coverage for you Saturday. It's going to be at the normal normal time, 3 GMT, 10 Eastern. So I think that's all we have for this week. So anyways, for Robert Lintot, I'm Jack Grimsey. Thanks for listening to the whole cast.